You are listening to Pep Talk and Pickleball, and this is your host, Jill Lewis. I am a nutrition and fitness coach, and I specialize in helping midlife ladies find their confidence again by shedding inches, feeling energized, and sleeping better. And I'm also obsessed with the sport of pickleball. This week's episode, I am going to be diving into the seven things I wish I knew sooner. That's right. In this pep talk, it's going to be all about an Instagram post that I recently did that got a lot of comments and a little bit of pushback and some questions. And I'm going to dive deeper in this podcast on the seven things I wish I knew sooner about my own health, wellness, fitness journey. In Let's Talk Pickleball, I'm going to give you an update on coming back to Illinois, what it's been like playing up here. I've had a few lessons with my friend Judy and want to fill you in on how that's going. So here we go. Welcome back to Pep Talk and Pickleball. This is your host, Jill Lewis. Today, I am going to be talking to you about an Instagram post that I did recently that got a lot of attention for my little Instagram account. Honestly, it kind of triggered some people. So I thought, you know what? I think we need to dive a little deeper into this post and go over what I was talking about, which was seven things I wish I knew sooner. This is all relating to health, wellness, fat loss, all of the above. As you know, I'm a 49-year-old health and fitness coach. I help midlife women to feel better on the inside and lose fat or whatever their health goal is on the outside as well. I am pretty passionate about helping women that are over 40 because I feel like this demographic, especially this age group, we were really led astray for most of our life on restriction, calorie restriction, tons of cardio. Um, And you know, the images that we saw while growing up, the Dexatrim ads, the cigarette ads, (laughs) the... um, you know, slim, fast shakes, all of the targeted marketing and advertisements that we've had to deal with all the Victoria's Secret catalogs. I mean, I could go on and on about how much I dislike all of that stuff, but that's not what the episode is about today. But I just want you to know where I'm coming from and, and why I feel so passionately about helping midlife women to look and feel their best. I want people to feel really confident in their own skin. And so I made this post, it was kind of a trending audio on Instagram. And it just simply says seven things I wish I knew sooner. And it quickly lists them out. So I'm going to go over those, you know, expound on what I meant by this Instagram post. This is why I like a podcast so much because you can really dive deeper. It's not just a five second little Instagram reel. So here we go. The first one. Okay. The first one is that I wish I knew sooner that weight training is more important than cardio when it comes to losing fat, losing weight for years. I was really focused on getting the sweatiest I could possibly be at the end of a workout, that my heart rate had to be through the roof, or it really didn't count. I would do when I was in college, the only kind of workouts we I really did, I wasn't doing anything in the weight room. It was always a, at that time, it was like an aerobics class. When I graduated from college, I I lived in Chicago for a short time and 
I belonged to a gym and I took a high impact class. I didn't know what I was doing really out in the weight room. I knew to do a few things out there, but I honestly was mostly doing high impact cardio and pretty much avoided the machines and the dumbbells. Even as an adult with children, I was still thinking about burning calories. That was my number one focus when it came to working out. Now, I always have walked a lot, but I'm going to tell you, I felt guilty that I wasn't running. (laughs) I knew it was important that I was getting steps in, but for me, it felt like more of a socialization thing and a time to kind of, you know, get away and talk to my girlfriends. And I didn't view that as really getting the job done with my you know, with my fitness journey, I was thinking that I needed to be running in the morning and then I could walk, you know, later in the morning with my friends because just walking alone wasn't going to get the job done. That's what I thought. And then I also, with the classes I took, it was always about, I wanted to leave that class dripping sweat. For me at the time, yoga We didn't have hot yoga back then, but, you know, like a yoga class was just like, oh, you know, I'm not really doing anything here. I'm not getting enough out of this, which is embarrassing now. I think, you know, that I even thought that way, but a spinning class was something I really craved. I mean, I taught spinning classes. I really was into, you know, hit workouts, which I still think are good in moderation. Okay. You know, a true just strength workout for me, if it didn't get me sweating and heart rate really up there that I just thought that was a waste of my time. And a lot of the time I would spend on the treadmill or the elliptical or a stationary bike. And I thought that that was, it's all about that calorie burn. I was so focused on the quick, what was going to make a difference that day, instead of thinking about long-term success. And that's what you need to think about with strength training. It's kind of like, as you are, like, if you're investing your money, I guess you could look at cardio, like day trading, maybe, maybe uneducated day trading. And then you could look at strength training, resistance training as a smart long-term investment plan. I mean, can you tell my husband's a financial advisor that that's the example I come up with? (laughs) But um, honestly, that's kind of what makes me think of. Is strength training going to change your body overnight? No. If your goal is to change your body, if your goal is to lose fat, strength training is what you need to do. And the type of high intensity interval trainings that you do, I call those the sweaty strength training. Sure, you could do sprints every so often, but The workouts, the HIIT workouts that I do, that I promote my clients to do, it is a sweaty strength workout. You know, your heart rate's getting up there, but you're definitely doing some resistance training along with the cardio. How many people have you heard that they're going to get in shape? They're going to get ready for like a 5K or a 10K or half marathon or something like that. I mean, I'm sorry, but honestly, cardio is not going to change your shape. If you want to change your shape, again, it's all about strength training. You can design your body by strength training. You want to grow your glutes. You want to whittle your waist. You want great looking legs. That is all from strength training. Here's the thing. I get my clients to do that right away. As soon as they start working with me, I am encouraging them three days a week. 30 minutes of resistance training 
is really a non-negotiable because it's going to pay off. It's going to take a little bit of time. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but here's the deal. When you have muscle, it just makes it in the long run so much easier to be successful. When you have muscle on your body, your body naturally burns more fat. So me sitting here with muscle on my body versus somebody that doesn't have muscle on their body. I'm sitting here burning more because that muscle is going to take more energy, okay, <laughs> to keep. So I'm going to be burning more than someone that doesn't have muscle on their body is just sitting there. So weight training, more important than cardio, but be patient and know that you are working for long-term success. All right, let's move on to number two. So the second thing I said that I wish I knew sooner was that eating protein will help curb junk food cravings. I had never heard that before. I didn't know. My idea of food would be kind of nervous about it, knowing that less, I need to be eating less. Everything is less, you know, restrict more, eat less. And hmm, how does that work out? Not very fun, right? Kind of makes you honestly a little bit hangry, kind of in a bad mood. <laughs> that sound familiar? Tired? Yeah. So I used to restrict during the day, either just out of busyness, being a mom, just people that have jobs. I know you know what I'm talking about. Just you're so busy during the day that maybe you don't eat or on purpose so that you know you're going to be eating a lot later in the day or you want to save up some calories. So, or you just think that's just this, or maybe you're just not hungry. What happens is then you end up being like a freaking garbage disposal at night. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like where you just eat all the garbage, all the junk food is what I mean by that. In the evenings, that's kind of a recipe for disaster. That's not working. Didn't work for me. It's not going to work for you. Another thing that I did was I never thought about my protein intake other than maybe like I would think, oh, I'll eat like a healthy protein bar. And when I say healthy protein bar, you can't see me, but I'm, I'm doing that with air quotes because we'll get into that later. But um, really I was eating a lot of quick carbohydrates, not complex carbs. And I was eating them without protein. Like for example, pasta, um, I would make tortellini soup or I would eat grilled cheese sandwich or pizza or sushi, um, a lot of foods that have a lot of carbs and not much protein at all. Yeah. You could sit there and go, oh, Jill, but pizza, you know, you can have pepperoni or sausage or Canadian bacon or whatever the protein source is. I mean, come on, that is not much protein at all. And that protein source isn't very good. You know, <laughs> a grilled cheese sandwich. I mean, technically does cheese have protein in it? I mean, a minimal amount, but like the cheese I was using is like fake cheese. You know, the kind that's all wrapped up and you, it's all stacked in tight <laughs> quote, American cheese, not that good for you. Sushi. Again, we're talking like a pinky nail amount of tuna or salmon or something in that. And I just a ton of rice, not very smart choices. And you would think that those are filling, but they're not. So if you wonder why you're having cravings later in a day, it's because you didn't get any protein. Those quick carbs, they're called quick for a reason. They're not going to hang out very long <laughs> and you are going to be wanting more. Plus all of those quick carbs are going to put you on a little sugar roller coaster ride through the day. Or, you know, you're going to have some blood um, glucose issues going on and that protein really does help curb your food cravings because it is so filling. It's satiating. So instead, what I do now is when I break my fast, hence the word breakfast, when I break my fast, 
I am making sure that that meal has protein. We're going to talk more about breakfast later, but I make sure that my meals that I have earlier in the day have a lot of protein. My dinner's going to have a lot of protein. That's every meal that I eat. I lead with protein. That's the first thing I think of. So even when I go out to dinner, I'm looking at the menu. I am going to, now I'm talking 90% of the time. Okay. Of course, you know, to enjoy your life, you don't want to be super strict about your food all the time, but 90% of the time, when I go out to dinner, I'm looking at the menu to go, okay, what's my protein source? What sounds really good here? Do I want fish? Do I want chicken? Do I want steak, et cetera? I'm not going to be getting a food that is leading with carbohydrates like pasta or pizza. 90% of the time again. So I hope that's helpful. Just knowing that if you do focus on hitting some large protein goals, that's really going to help you with your junk food cravings later in the day. The third thing on my list of things I wish I knew sooner is that fruit is not what's making us fat. I get pretty triggered about this one because I remember a time when I was told like, don't eat fruit after noon you know, like after 12 PM, don't eat, you know, fruit is bad. Carbs are bad unless you're prepping for a bodybuilding bikini competition. That is just plain silly. And I'm going to assume that most of you listening to me today are not prepping for a bikini competition where you are trying to get your body fat down to an insanely low number. I'm assuming that most of you are wanting to get to a healthy weight, that you are not wanting to be diabetic, that you are looking to feel your best. You want to sleep better. You want to feel really good in your clothes. Maybe you want to drop down a size in your clothing. You want to lose some inches. Okay. I'm not talking about the extreme bikini competition here. With that being said, I really want someone to prove to me that fruit is what is causing this obesity epidemic in our country. Show me somebody that got just obese from eating watermelon. (laughs) I just don't believe it. Why are we, why are people blaming fruit for what sugary drinks, fast food, those sugary coffees, all the junk food, all the packaged foods, you know, I'm talking about all of the sugary cereals, There's so much junk in our American diet that I'm sorry, fruit is a wonderful food. It's a whole food. It is grown in the ground. It's a single food. um, It's a single ingredient food. It has so many vitamins. It has nutrients, phytonutrients. It's got so many wonderful things in there. Like I said, I get triggered over this one. Yes, it has natural sugars in there. So what? (laughs) So what? We're not talking about like processed sugars and all other kinds of garbage in there. So yeah, of course, everything in moderation. We're not just living solely off of fruit, but fruit's not the enemy. Uh, If you eat more vegetables and fruit, I find that you're going to be a much healthier individual. Okay. So I said what I said, I am so tired of people acting like that fruit is the enemy, but doesn't put any emphasis on all the other processed, ultra processed garbage that we are putting into our body. So fruit's not the enemy. If you are somebody that is watching your sugar because your doctor told you to, 
yeah, maybe you are going to be eating more into the berry family. You're going to be focusing on blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, blackberries, all of that kind of stuff. Fine. But I'm going to tell you the fiber that you get from fruits is incredible. I eat fruit. Carbs are not the enemy. Certain carbs. Yeah, they can be bad, but fruit, in my opinion, that's not what your problem is. (laughs) All right, let's move on to number four. Things I wish I knew sooner is that more sleep is actually required to lose weight. So when you don't get enough sleep, your hormones are thrown out of whack. So you've got your leptin and you've got your ghrelin and those are going to get all funky on you. I want you to go back and listen. I did a whole podcast episode called Sweet Dreams After 40 and that is episode number 10. So go back and listen to that one because if you're somebody that is like undervaluing how important sleep is. I mean, I think it's a really good episode. It spells it all out for you. But honestly, sleep is the most underrated tool or instrument in your tool belt when it comes to fat loss. Not only does it disrupt your hormones and you're going to like feel way more hungry and you're going to have more cravings. Um, You're not going to have the energy that you need to really thrive through your day to want to do the workouts, obviously. And there's a whole other host of reasons. So go back and listen to that one. But I think somehow, especially maybe, I don't know if it's just all moms or what, but we get a sense of, is it satisfaction? I don't know. We feel like the busier we are, we stayed up later doing work, et cetera. Um, We had to get up so early. We had to do this. We had to do that. And it's like a badge of honor, I guess. And I wish our society instead would really celebrate people that took care of themselves, that valued sleep. There's nothing wrong with proudly saying, I get nine hours of sleep a night. But for some reason, it's like we want to glorify the busy woman that's getting five to six hours of sleep a night. Oh yeah. She's so busy. She can do it all. Blah, blah, blah. Well, who said you had to do it all? And I mean, I'm sorry, but I want to live a really long life and I don't want to get any chronic diseases. And so I really make it a goal to try to average eight hours of sleep. I wear an aura ring and it tracks my sleep and I'm currently at averaging. I can't believe this because I really thought I was doing better, but I'm averaging seven hours and 40 minutes. So yeah, that's good. But I really thought I was averaging eight. So that's just kind of my thing I'm working on is, is more sleep. I don't feel bad about it. I mean, why should I? It's a really important part of my health journey. And I think it should be for you as well. But yeah, go back and listen to episode 10. This next one triggered some people. This is number five of things I wish I knew sooner was that breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. So why do I believe that? Well, I'm sorry. I guess the older I get, the more I become cynical. <laughs> I'm a little cynical about this. The more I've thought about it, I just kind of feel like a lot of food companies really benefited from that slogan. And I think it's a pretty genius marketing tactic by some food companies out there to say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I truly believe, now this is me as an adult, I'm not talking about children right now, but as an adult for sure, it is better for me to give myself more digestive rest and delay my break fast meal, which is where the word breakfast comes from. You're breaking your fast. It works better for me to delay my breakfast because if you're trying to get out the door in the morning, what are you eating? Most Americans are eating absolute 
desserts for breakfast. So it's, it's dessert food packaged up as a breakfast food. But let's be honest, look at the ingredients. A muffin is basically a cupcake, right? It's a cupcake. <laughs> a pancake and a waffle, it's kind of like cake, you know? Yeah, maybe it doesn't have icing on it, but a donut, same thing. I mean, that is pure sugar, okay? Cereal, even your quote, healthier cereals, they're not, they're full of sugar. Just become a little bit of an investigative reporter when you do your grocery shopping, not just looking at the nutrition label to see how much protein is in a food, but actually look at the ingredients, see how many forms of sugar that that food company put on, you know, in the ingredient list, look up how many grams of sugar is in that food item. You're going to be pretty surprised and look up all of the fake food colorings and all of the garbage. Now, am I saying that you should just be totally eliminating all processed foods? No. And you know, my clients know that too. I real, I recognize we live in a fast paced world. We are in a hurry and sometimes we have to grab something on the go. That's just the way it is, you know, but you want the bulk of your food to be from real food, not that kind of garbage, you know, on occasion it's fine, but you know, think about like with your kids in the evenings or afternoons, I mean, are you giving your kids like cake and cookies and ice cream? And, or are you saying this is a treat? We do that on occasion, but look at breakfast foods, the breakfast foods, Pop-Tarts, that is a dessert. It's not a breakfast food. That is a dessert that is packaged up by a food company as something that, you know, we should be feeding our families for breakfast. And it's not, you're setting yourself up. You're setting your family up for just this absolute sugar roller coaster and cravings galore. So I just don't believe that breakfast, I think all food is important that we eat through the day. I'm not saying that I want you to be starving yourself. My clients practice intermittent fasting. Is it for everybody? No, <laughs> you know, but for most people, it works really well. I would rather hydrate with water in the morning and delay my first meal until I can get something that has a good amount of protein healthy carbs and fats in it. So when I say breakfast is not the most important meal of the day, that's where I'm coming from there. Okay. So say you're somebody that works out really early in the morning and you're like, Jill, I just, I need something, you know, maybe look at the time that you stopped eating in the evening. If you stopped eating around 8 PM, then you got up at like five and you worked out. Well, I would imagine that by 10 o'clock, you're starving. I'm totally fine. Yeah. Break your fast. Absolutely. You don't have to fast for 16 hours every day. You could eat your breakfast, at least go 12 hours. I mean, 12 hours is not that difficult to do. So if you stopped eating at 8 PM, you could start eating at 8 AM. That would be a couple hours after your workout. I don't see why that's a, that shouldn't be that big of an issue. You could drink some BCAAs during your workout. I think that would be just fine. You could have coffee in the morning, do a little bit of food prep ahead of time. Maybe that just means on the weekends, you're going to, you know, boil some eggs. I don't know, do something where maybe you've made some breakfast burritos ahead of time and you keep them in the freezer, but get creative and have, maybe you make those egg muffins. If you're somebody that doesn't like eggs, maybe you could make some overnight oats that have some healthy fats and protein in there as well. Something that's just not, a complete dessert. <laughs> 
something that has a good whole food ingredients. So that's what I mean when I say that breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. And in fact, it was a pretty genius marketing idea. Number six, this one got a lot of questions. People really are concerned about their protein bars. So the sixth thing I wish I knew sooner was that 99% of protein bars are garbage. Okay. Does that hurt a little bit? Are you somebody that consumes a lot of protein bars? We've got a whole aisle in the grocery store devoted to these quote healthy protein bars. And again, I'm using air quotes because again, 99% of them are just glorified candy bars with a very inferior protein source. So I used to, believe it or not, I would break my fast, uh, early in the morning, like before I'd go to the gym, because I was told you had to eat like five mini meals a day to like, you got to eat right away to rev up your metabolism. I mean, okay. I would eat a protein bar. I liked knowing that it had X amount of calories in there. It was very, felt like a neat and tidy way to eat. I, I was a big calorie counter back then. So I didn't really think about macronutrients. And I of course wasn't thinking about eating real food. Um, packaged food seemed convenient. It seemed like, well, this is a healthy food. They sold it at the gym. They, you know, it's in quote health food stores. It's in the healthy food aisle. And I would get a protein bar based on how much protein and calories it had in it. I would eat that for breakfast and then would probably eat another one for lunch. So that by, you know, two, three o'clock, I knew I'd only had about 400 calories that day. Felt good about that, which is hilarious. And then of course, could not keep my eyes open and was a total hangry person. Yeah, not not great. We want to be eating foods that was either grown in the ground or look at the food and go, did this have a mother? I know that's a funky way to ask it, but that's really at the heart of things when you're looking at food and going, how is this an old, what Jill calls an ultra processed food or not? Was it grown in the ground or did it have a mother? And if you can't answer yes, then ugh, okay, well, let's look at the ingredients on there. Look at the ingredients on a protein bar. Do you know what those words are? If it's not an ingredient that you have in your pantry already, if it was something that's made in a manufacturing plant, very chemically sounding, your body doesn't need that. It doesn't want it. This is why our society is so inflamed. We're eating so much ultra processed foods and we get a lot of inflammation from that. And inflammation causes disease in our body causes, as uh, Dr. Cabral says, the dis-ease, dis-ease in our body. So inflammation leads to a lot of issues. And when my clients reduce the amount of ultra processed foods like a protein bar and they eat more real food, getting back to like apples, <laughs> a potato, chicken, broccoli, things like that, steak, that's a real food. So when my clients get their protein and their carbs and their fats from a real food, their inflammation goes way down. I'm talking joint issues. I'm talking skin issues. I'm talking any kind of allergy symptom that you can think of, even their mood gets better, less depression. I'm telling you, I have clients, I have seen this happen. And the clients always respond in the beginning with, wow, I feel less bloated. I feel less inflamed. And I know it's because they have started to ditch the ultra processed foods. And again, a protein bar look at the ingredients. If you really have a question about it, find me on social media, take a picture of the label and send it to me. I'll let you know what I think. I'll be brutally honest with you. 
look and see how much sugar, convert it to like in your brain, convert the grams to like a teaspoon so that you can actually visualize what that means. And if it is something that's really low in sugar, well, what kind of sweetener is it using? That's a really good question to ask as well. Okay. Number seven, this is the final one, is that muscle is the fountain of youth. I always wondered about what is the fountain of youth? How do you look younger? How do you feel younger? It's having muscle on your body. <laughs> Not only does muscle help you look better, it's going to keep you physically younger. Muscle is a fountain of youth because think about someone that has muscle on their body versus people that don't. The more muscle you have on the body, the more naturally smaller that person's going to appear. People are always shocked when I tell them how much I weigh. And I'm like, well, I just have more muscle on my body. That's that's why. I weigh a lot more than I look probably because of that muscle. Yes. So, you know, we laugh about which weighs more, a pound of fat or a pound of muscle. Well, they weigh the same. A pound equals a pound. It doesn't matter. But the difference is fat is going to take up more space than the muscle will. If you were going to look at a pound of fat, envision that as like a pound of marshmallows, okay, versus a pound of, um, let's say a chicken breast. And that chicken breast takes up a lot less space. It's a lot more dense. And so that is why, you know, if you want young, toned, nice looking legs, that means you want muscle. That's what that means. Like when I hear clients say, I want to really get toned. What that actually means is, is that you want muscle. You might not think that, but that's what that means. Besides the fact that that is going to, the more muscle you have on your body, you're going to be helping you to prevent injuries. And it's going to keep you really independent. The weaker you get as you age, the less independent you're going to be. And it does take more work as we get older. Us midlifers out there, this is the time. It's like use it or lose it. And I don't want you to lose it. I want you to use it. It's never too late to start. And muscle, it takes resistance training and consuming protein. Two things that we've been talking about today. But you can do this. You absolutely can. Muscle is the fountain of youth. Trust me on that one. <laughs> Again, I love this podcast uh, format so that I can dive deeper into these topics that I do bring up on a five-second reel. Uh, give me more time uh, to talk about it. So I hope that was helpful. If you have any questions for me, I'll put a link below where you can find me on Instagram. And also wanted to let you know that I will be running a six-week challenge that will start on May the 8th. And that will be a six-week challenge that you can join that will help you get started with your resistance training and nutrition coaching with yours truly. The nutrition component, I cannot tell you enough how much you're going to learn, how much you're going to enjoy getting rid of that restrictive mindset. I look forward to helping you do that. I'll put the link below and we will talk pickleball in just a moment. You might not expect that a fitness and nutrition coach would put together a guide that is all about tacos and tequila, but that's exactly what I did. I have this free download for you with my very favorite chicken fajita platter recipe that is a showstopper in presentation and flavor. It is a recipe that you are going to want to make all summer long for any party, for a family. You're going to absolutely love this recipe. And I have my favorite tequila cocktail recipes in this free guide as well. 
Not only that, I'm also going to take you along on a tour that I did at my favorite liquor store in Marion, Illinois. It is a locally owned business called Speakeasy Liquor Store. They have multiple locations through Southern Illinois. Their general manager gave me a tour and we specifically talked about tequila and he gave great information on all the different types of tequilas that you can find, their taste profiles, and a lot of the quote famous you know, brands by celebrities. It was really interesting. And you can get all of this in this guide that I have. So go to today's show notes to grab the link, click on the link, and you're going to find your free guide. It is time to talk pickleball. Okay. So I am back in Southern Illinois and I have been trying to play outside. The weather has not been great. It is now May and The weather's been cool, it's been very windy, and some rain. So my pickleball friends and I have been taking advantage of playing over at the SIU, Southern Illinois University Rec Center, and you're able to pretty inexpensively get a pass over there. You can buy like multiple passes at once, and we've been playing over there a morning or two a week, and that's been helpful. It's not my favorite, though. I really love playing outside, being out in mother nature, as opposed to being in a gym. And, you know, there's some dead spots on the floor. My eyes get a little wonky inside. If you've ever played pickleball indoors on a basketball court, you know what I'm talking about? There's just, first of all, there's so many lines on the floor. And then, you know, there's just so many distractions inside. And it takes my eyes like a while to, (laughs) I sound old, but it takes them a while to focus in there. But anyway, we've had a great time. And again, as I have said so many times, if you play pickleball, you know what I mean? You'll, you'll play anywhere. You don't care. So uh, we're looking forward to though, tomorrow morning, we've been playing a couple days a week in the mornings. And I'm so thrilled that I have a group of retired friends that can play in the morning that allow me to join them. And I have reconnected with uh, Judy Ald. She is a former tennis coach at SIU, and she is a wonderful pickleball player. And she just is a great coach. You know, she just has that coaching background with tennis. And now she is helping some people with their pickleball journey. And I have really enjoyed drilling with her. That's been a lot of fun. She and I uh, have worked together twice now since I've been back and she's given me some really good tips. And I felt like my last lesson with her really connected with me in a way that I thought it had before, but sometimes you just need to hear things a couple of times and hear them said in different ways to make it really click. But this time, so for instance, my overhead smash shot has been off. I don't know what's going on, but I just have not, I keep miss hitting it. And have you ever gone for the overhead smash and it goes right into the net, which I mean, you get so excited because you have that shot. And then when you slam it into the net, you just are so mad at yourself. Or even if I don't do that, I'm just not hitting it in the sweet part of my paddle and I'm not putting the ball away. So my the overhead smash was always like my favorite shot in pickleball. When you have that opportunity to really, you know, spike that ball, you get excited. And I just haven't been hitting it well. So she watched me for a while. And then she had me go stand up against the fence. And with my right, you know, I'm right-handed. So to practice that forehand smash, you know, overhead smash, she had me take my, my arm back at a 90 degree angle to elbow bent to see with my back right up against the fence. So to see what that feels like 
because what I was doing was I was taking my hand back behind me. Like I was taking it too far back. My arm, my right arm was going too far back before I would go to hit the ball, which was why I was mishitting it so much. So forcing me now, because I'm not going to take my arm back. I know what that feels like. The furthest back it needs to be is just level with my body. And then I'm hitting the ball out in front of me because before what I've been doing, what's messing me up is I've been taking my arm back too far and then I'm hitting the ball back. Even with my body, I'm not hitting it out in front of me. Wow. The difference, the difference is insane. So that was a lot of fun. Again, those are my favorite shots. And so we worked on that a lot as well as the third shot drop. We worked on the third shot drop with me moving. She was having me moving laterally across the court, not just because I tend to get my feet planted and I laugh and always say, it's like, I have roots growing through the bottoms of my feet through the ground because I just don't move. And especially in these lessons, I'm not moving. I'm like lunging, but my feet are planted. So she was having me practice third shot drops and she was moving me around the court a lot. And I have to say that got a lot better. Also another tip, because my practicing the third shot drop back from that baseline, I kept missing them a lot. You know, I'm hitting, I'm getting them too short, you know, they're not even going over the net. And so she was having me come up to, first we went up to the kitchen line and I would have me put my paddle down and I would just practice like an underhand toss of the ball to get the feeling of what it's like to, to do that drop shot and to feel the work from the shoulder, like that hinging motion. And I would just toss the ball over and you want the height of that arc to be on, you know, my side, and then it drops into the, my opponent's kitchen. So that's what we worked on. And simply just, you know, that underhand toss up. And we did that a lot. And then I would scoot it back to about, you know, the middle of the court did the same thing. And then once I got that mastered, moved to the back of the court and did that same throwing motion, that underhand toss to get the feeling, because I was really, it's again, we're not on video, but I was just stopping short. Um, you know, I, I was kind of bending my elbow up a lot instead of the movement coming from the shoulder. It was more like from the elbow to the hand, a lot of movement there with that third shot drop. So that all really connected me with me really well. So I'm excited to put that into play. But I have noticed, you know, when I have a lesson, I tend to get in my head a little bit the first time I go out to play. So I'm going to try to not do that, to not overthink it. You know, Judy brought up a good point. She said, I think what's happening with you, it's like you improve. She said, I can definitely tell you're better than you were last year. She said, but I think you have just, you've plateaued and that's normal. You know, um, it's just like how I talk with my clients. We plateau in our fat loss journeys as well. You know, we kind of, um, it's not like a linear journey, you know, it's not just this straight line. And so you, you'll kind of improve and then you plateau and then improve and then plateau. So that's pretty normal. And I got to recognize that with myself as well. Uh, my husband and I have been playing a little bit together. I want to do that more often. It's really fun to go out in the evenings with him and, and just hit the ball. We can practice these drills that Judy and I have practiced together. And then he and I, if it's just the two of us, we'll play a game of skinny singles. I think I've talked about that on here before. What we do is we play diagonally across the court. So you have to hit it in your opponent's diagonal side, you know, and then we do rally scoring. So rally scoring 
is when you, because in pickleball, you know, you can only score when you're serving, when your side is serving. So rally scoring means you can score even when you're not serving. So makes it go by a lot faster. And you're playing skinny singles. We played a 21 and it's a lot of fun. And it forces you to really work on your aim because you have to hit it. You know, you only have half the court that you're working with. So we've enjoyed that a lot too. And plus that's really good exercise. Now I have played singles, the full court, a handful of times. And I personally, like, I like that better, but it is really hard (laughs) and it is a lot of running, but uh, we'll build up to that. But I I have a few people that I enjoy playing that with. And one of them is my friends. And I think he told me he was 71 and he pretty much can run circles around everybody. And how inspiring is that? Right. I love it. So my favorite shot, I think right now is still the one that um, Bob White taught me, which is the backhand punch shot down the middle. It seems to be the one I have the most success with of all of them. But now that I've worked with Judy on my overhead smash, I hope that's going to go back to being my favorite one, because what is more fun than that? Well, that's all I have for you this week. I am just getting back into the swing of things and hopefully this weather's going to keep improving. I have a lot of travel coming up. I am going to go back down to Fort Myers for about 10 days later in May and uh, we've got some travel going. So I'll always find a way, find a place to play and uh, hopefully you are too. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give my show a follow. Also, so that more people can find Pep Talk and Pickleball, if you could leave a rating and a review, I would be so grateful. If you would like some more behind the scenes with me, follow me over on TikTok at Jill Lewis Living or on Instagram at Jill B. Lewis.